Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So ladies and gentlemen, Cassandra is about to come on talking about credit and management, finances, and things that you were never taught in high school. And this is going to be a freaking powerful conversation for you if, uh, you know, if you feel like you want to take your financial education, financial freedom to the next level, whatever that may be, stick around. It's going to be freaking powerful. And I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to invest your time, your energy, and just your being with us here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So next up is going to be the iTunes review of the week. And this week it's by dblue702, who says, awesome podcast. Chris is one of the most passionate and driven people I know. His show is a must listen. dblue702, thank you so much for that review. And if you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream marathon and podcast, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Thank you in advance. I'd love to hear what you loved, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you. I'm going to introduce Cassandra in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be a power-packed interview that could change everything about your future, about um, you know any kind of burdens, debt, uh, financial challenges, or aspirations that you have moving into the future could change all of that for you. So definitely stick around, okay? Cassandra Ed Edwards is the founder and the CEO of The Chosen Few, F-E-W, Financial Empowerment and Wellness Workshops. She's committed to educating families nationwide on how to live extraordinary lives through financial literacy, holistic wellness, and connecting with other professionals. Ms. Edwards is a business relationships community builder with a passion for collaboration. Her creative, enriching efforts bond the community in unconventional ways that create genuine, lifelong partnerships, foster homeownership, introduce new experiences for young and old, and help people realize the true American dream. And we are just scratching the surface with that introduction. Sandra, are you ready to rock the house of one? I am ready, Chris. I'm so excited to be on here with you today. You're so I awesome. It. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're going to dive into such a powerful conversation. And this theme, the theme, the starting theme of today is a foundation of faith. So Cassandra, what does that mean for you? Awesome, man. That's a really, that's an awesome question. Foundation of faith has come to have new meaning for me these days. Um, you know, as we talked before, I spent 25 years as a hairstylist, 10 years as a massage therapist, and the universe has conspired to put its foot in my back and thrust me into what I'm understanding now is my purpose. Mm. And, um, you know, when you think about faith and purpose, <clears throat> uh, for me, you know, I think about when I was little and uh, when we were in school and the teachers would say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you come up with all these answers that you think would impress the grownups, right? You know, man, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. But what I'm discovering is that your purpose is connected to your struggle, not your success, but to your struggle. So um, this past year, I've been on a huge learning curve. Um, man, it's just been mind blowing. And my faith is stronger than it ever has been. I will tell you, if I didn't have the faith that I'm doing exactly what God told me to do, I would be really scared right now because things are crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, when your faith is in place and you're, you're firm in your convictions and you know that you're fulfilling your purpose and what you're supposed to be doing in the world, it becomes easier, at least on some level. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I think it's, it's I don't so even beautiful. know if that makes sense. I feel like I'm babbling. <laughs> no, 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 it's perfect. I think it's beautiful because like the transitions, uh, you know, in our pre-interview call and just things that you've grown through, I get it. And I, I know that our audience is going to get to know you more and hear more about that journey. I think, you know, that if you didn't have something higher to say, okay, 
I don't may not understand it all, but you're giving me guidance, you're giving me direction, you're empowering me to take whatever that next step is. So I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna you know take this next step, these leaps of faith. Uh, so I think that it's so so powerful what you're sharing. And I want to just for everyone who is just getting connected with you, Cassandra, I want to get everyone up to speed on what you're doing in the world of these workshops, financial literacy, in your own words, what do you stand for? Ooh, um, so you know I can babble, so I'm going to try to be concise <laughs> today, okay? Um, what that really means for me is um, what I stand for is empowerment through education. Mm -hmm. Um, now, that education could be related to finances and money management. Mm -hmm. That education could be re uh, related to um, holistic and alternative uh, therapies. If you're, you know, you got health issues that you never had before. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the time, you know, if you haven't dealt with an issue, you don't even know who to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, people suffer in silence with a lot of issues, whether they're financial, whether they're related to like I'm experiencing being in pain 24 seven and I, I knew nothing about it before. Um, you know, realizing that you have to make an uncomfortable step into something completely different, <clears throat> whether you're an employee and you're deciding that you're going to become an entrepreneur, that can be really scary, you know, so navigating that transition <clears throat> requires some help. It requires some assistance. Um, you know, if you want to become a homeowner and you've always had bad credit, but you're like, man, I'm getting too old to keep paying these steadily raising rents and not rising rents and, you know, groceries cost too much. What do you do? So um, I stand for education, empowerment, encouragement um, and true, authentic, genuine connections between people. I, I don't I don't care about the. <clears throat> The things that divide us, but I stand for the 80% of things that I think we can all agree on. And that's us all wanting to be more healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen. So um, that's, that's, that's what my mission and purpose is. It, it, it sounds like a, you know, something that should be on a plaque on the wall somewhere. It's, like, it's beautiful. Be it's beautiful. I love it. I love it, Cassandra. I think it's, it's perfect. Uh, and um, empowerment through education is, is so important today because so many people are misinformed. So many people have been sold a bad quote unquote bill of goods, you know, with our education system, with media, absolutely. with just what we've been programmed with, you know, and, and Hey, it's it, whatever has happened. Like it sucks. It, it may yeah. not, it may not make it right, but what are we going to do now? You know, what, what can we right. do now? What can we be grateful for? It, it, what did we learn? What what strengths did we develop? What character did, did we develop? What perspective did we develop? What struggle did we go through to give us our purpose today? So I really love, you know, just that foundation of faith and, and uh, foundation of what we've gone through to get us to where we are today. So let's go back into your journey and talk about uh, what it was like for you. How did you get into entrepreneurship? How did you get into um, into finances? Because I know that didn't, that didn't come till later in life. Tell us about entrepreneurship right. early on for you. Wow. Well, um, I grew up in Southside, Richmond, Virginia, BA all day, you know, <laughs> um, but we grew up struggling financially. My mom worked two or three jobs. There was never enough, you know, um, you know, she absolutely tried her best, but she came from that generation that said, go to school, graduate high school, get a job. <clears throat> you work there 40 years and you retire and you make yourself content with that. Mm -hmm. And that was more than what her parents' generation had. You know, so just doing that was a lot to be grateful for. So here comes my generation, myself and my twin brother. And, you know, we are seeing kids with Jordans and Felines and Nike Cortez. And, you know, we graduated in 1996, um, a year early from high school. But coming up in that time and in that era, you know, if you don't have money, you know, it, it's kind of uncomfortable. You know, just to put it really lightly, um, I don't know about your listeners, but, you know, I didn't grow up. We didn't grow up with a lot of uh, privilege or a lot of extras or bells and whistles or anything. It was a really no frills lifestyle. We were never hungry. Um, we had a roof overhead. We moved a lot. You know, um, if your rent costs more than what you can afford to pay, um, you know, it makes for an unstable lifestyle. So. It's not like that stopped when I came through school or when I graduated. There are people that I know right now that have four and five kids that struggle to feed their families. You know, um, 
it was nothing for our lights to be off a couple of weeks at a time in the summertime. And, you know, you got the windows open and, you know, going next door and getting a bucket of water that the neighbors will let you fill up so you can heat it up on a kerosene heater. And, you know, and then you go to school smelling like gas or you got eggs in the house and that's what you eat, you know, and you go to school smell like fried eggs in the morning, you know. So um, it wasn't the worst childhood that we ever could have had. But the older you get, the more you see the difference between what other people have and what you have. So that affects a child's self-esteem and how you see yourself. So I got bullied in middle school. By the time I went to high school, I made this decision. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the ugly duckling thing. I'm going to blow their minds when I go back to school. So I worked all summer. I did hair. Um, If neighbors needed errands done, whatever I could do to make some extra money, I did. So I learned at an early age that if I was going to have something, I had to get it myself. Mm. Um, My mom wasn't one of those welfare welfare moms. She didn't go and apply for benefits on the system. But I had plenty of friends whose parents were on benefits, you know, from the government. But if you made over a certain amount of money, it was like you took one step forward and two steps back. Mm. So, um. You know, I always like to dress a little more mature than my age, you know, dresses and heels and things in ninth grade. So, you know, I knew if I wanted to dress the way I wanted to dress rather than do the tomboy thing so I wouldn't get all this extra attention. All of that kind of shaped my childhood and how I saw myself. So uh, my mom always said, well, when you guys grow up, work for yourselves. Don't work for other people. You know, be your own boss, save your own money, do the things that you want to do in life. Don't be, you know, she took a lot of, she look, took a lot of crap off of bosses, but she also, you know, she's real fiery like I am. So she wasn't going to take me so much. So, um, you know, I would see the pain in her eyes when she would come home and just kind of flop down on the couch and we take her shoes off and she just sit back and have tears streaming down the sides of her face. And that taught me really early that if you want to have something in life, you can't work for other people. Now, of course, there were exceptions to that. You know, I had, you know, classmates whose dads were, you know, engineers and, you know, they lived, you know, we rode the same school bus. They would get off at their houses and it would be nice and the shrubbery would be lined up. My mom had my brother out there trying to do shrubs, but, you know, we had some little patches in the yard, you know. And they had a little name brand dog and we had a little, you know, little hood dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you see the differences so I started wondering, i say probably around 12 or 13, what's the difference between what they're doing and what we're doing? Mm. And what can I do differently to have more like that lifestyle? So when I become an adult, I can live like I want to live because I know this isn't what I want. Definitely not a matter of judgment toward my mom, but I knew the things that I wanted. So uh, 11 or 12 years old, I started doing hair. By 16, I knew, okay, I can't work for other people because I go and got a little job at Sears or somewhere. It's like, you know, I dress real nice and wear heels to work and hear my heels clock on the floor, you know. But when I got my check, I was like, what are those? You know, what are these images? (laughs) This cannot be what I earn. So um, I was like, man, I make that on a Saturday doing little girls hair around the neighborhood. So that's what I did. And um, everything that I did from there just kind of grew from understanding hard work, you know, work ethic um, and perfecting what I was doing so that I could be the best at it and stand out and build a large clientele. Dang, that's, that's so like profound. You saw the, the disparity, you saw the distinction between, you know, what other people were doing. It's like, how the heck do they have that? You know? And then you look at what you have and you're like, okay, I don't want this for myself. I want something different. And I think a lot of people would choose or unconsciously kind of be sold into well this is all that there is it's all that i'm worth it's all that i'll ever have it's all that i'll ever be so right. might as well get used to it and i think that it's right. it's beautiful your spirit and your soul what it's here to do is to Thank you, you know is to evolve beyond whatever the circumstances were to be a blessing for the people who are seeking uh, that that inspiration for the people who are listening on this podcast and the show right now for the people who are blessed through your financial empowerment and this is just like to now and imagine and just 
appreciate all of the freaking thousands over the next years, tens, hundreds of thousands, millions over the next decades, you know, that will be empowered because of the work that you're doing, the ripple effect that you're creating. So it's, it's I receive that and thank you. I appreciate your words. I really do. Yeah, it's it's profound. So I want to talk about, um, you know, what what would you say was it about your character that helped you um, succeed, prosper and thrive in um, doing dreadlocks? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, actually, it was funny. I started doing dreadlocks um, probably on uh, after school uh, one day at, at school at George Wood High School. Hopefully some of my classmates will watch this go Bulldogs. But um, we, um, you know, we had a we had a high school that was across the street from one of the biggest um apartment complexes, low-income apartment complexes, not somewhere you want to get caught after dark or even midday if the, you know, <laughs> if the season was right. But um, so there was this um, reggae artist that came out, Shaba Ranks. So all of a sudden, all, not all the guys, but some of them, like the real bad boys, wanted to have dreadlocks. And um, word had gotten around that, you know, I did hair and I was doing the French rolls and the scrunches, all the little trendy stuff that we were wearing at the time. And one of the guys said, man, you, you think you could, you know, dread up my hair? And I was like, I can try. I mean, I'm def- I'm not going to turn the money down. With how much money you got? You know, <laughs> so he's like, I got twenty five dollars. I was like, got you. Say no more. So um, I went to work with some brown gel and beeswax and it was a horrible, sticky, nasty mess. And it was under my fingernails for the next three days. <laughs> I was like, man, there's got to be a better way than this. But nobody was doing it. So um, through trial and, and error over the years, I figured out, OK, this product is good. This is what I need to stay away from. And just I'm a huge nerd, Chris. Like I told you, I'm a huge nerd. Whatever interests me, you know, I, I delve into it. So. You know, we didn't have the internet back then, so I was, it was just trial and error. So I'd go to the beauty supply store, and they give me these little packets of samples. I'd try that out and be like, no, that's a hot mess. You know, so, you know, just evolution through trial and error. And um, I don't know, I, I really just fell in love with it because not a lot of people were doing it. Uh-huh. And most of the people who were doing it were doing it badly. So <laughs> fast forward to 2005, I decided to specialize in that because I was like, man, I'm getting older. My hands and my wrists, man, I can't keep doing this. You know, well, let me stick the locks and, you know, uh, just develop, you know, or I, could, I should say I self-taught myself a palm rolling technique so where I didn't have to use my wrist as much because that repetitive motion can really hurt you I imagine I imagine man so so like you just you found the need because the what you got sucked (laughs) you're like man that's what they say I'm like well who is they first of all that's what they say you're supposed to use on dreadlocks you know it's like well I don't like what they do we're gonna do something different so um yeah, I've, I'm I'm in a constant learning process. Um, I tell people in a, in a moment that I'm an expert dreadlock specialist, uh, but you know, the smartest man knows that he knows nothing because mm-hmm. the the universe is constantly evolving. Um, there's always new knowledge coming about. You got these new young bright minds, and they come up with concepts that never would have occurred to us because, like, I'm having a hard time putting together a website. And they're like, oh, Miss Ann, give me that mouse. You don't know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, help me because I, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, and then I think about my parents' generation and then their generation. So if they if I can't put together a website, they don't know how to log on to Facebook. They're like, what's this this face space thing y'all do now? Oh what do they call it? The, the snap ones, the, the snap, snapchat? Oh. Okay. You know, so... um. Yeah, I try to, um, not I try, but I have a passion for bringing the young people to the mm. older people mm. so that we can bridge the information gap. Um, you know, because it's not just technology, it's finances, it's health, it's, you know, it's 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 fitness, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the different types of businesses that cater to business to really help you to scale up and um, and take things to the next level. 
I love it. I, I love how you said. I always prompt. have fun when I talk to you, Chris. This is this is beautiful. I love it. Just like keep keep being you. It's perfect. I love how you said. Thank um, you. From I try, you self corrected and said, "No, I have a passion for it." And I think that's that's beautiful. Um, whenever someone is on an interview, I just always encourage you to be yourself. And if you want to say something differently, then go back and say it differently. Like especially in an interview, like to to self correct, to self like, "Hey, I'm I'm willing to show you that I'm not perfect." I'm going to go and replace these words that don't serve me and put in more effective words. So I, I love it. And yes. I also love like that, that um, I don't know, uh, the, the wise man would say, I don't know, you know, like the willingness to say, I don't know is wisdom so that you can find that solution. I also acknowledge your commitment to keep up with technology and how fast things are evolving. I think that's, that's brilliant. And then I wanted to ask you with your um, career in, in dreadlocks, then I really want to dive into the, the new kind of season that you're in um, with dreadlocks. What was one of the biggest challenges that you experienced over those years? Cause you had decades of experience like in, in business. What would you say was one of those biggest challenges that you faced? Um, probably knowing when to specialize and transition from doing other things. Um, I think that, well, no, I know from my own experience, I'll say that a lot of times in business, you know, um, because we're, because we're human, mm -hmm. right. Um, we can find ourselves in conflict with knowing what we should do and what we want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go, okay, well, man, if I can keep my regular job, I got some security there. I got my benefits. It's predictable, but I got my passion over here and God, I just want to do more of it. So that juncture where you go, well, man, am I really ready to take that leap? Um, I've done some of everything. I've, I've transitioned a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I've reinvented myself so many times that sometimes it makes, <clears throat> it makes my head spin. I think about some of the direct sales businesses I've done with varying levels of success mm -hmm. with each one. I learned something from each one. So now it's, you know, what I do now and who I am, what I do, my purpose is a collage or a, a potpourri or some crazy <laughs> cacophony of sound that is that is purpose yeah oh so, um with the dreadlocks to be more specific to answer your question with that i guess the challenge was knowing when to make the switch and stop mm -hmm. doing braids and weaves and massage and mary Kay and and <laughs> from erica and sure. whatever else would make some money just knowing when it was time to commit yeah yeah. Um, all of my efforts to one lane because I, I tell people all the time, I know they just like, where do you come up with this stuff? But trying to do too many things at once and spreading yourself too thin is a lot like trying to catch four rabbits in a field. Mm. One rabbit is stealthy enough for you to not be able to catch them. <laughs> if you got four of them and you're constantly distracted by the other three, you're not getting anything but hungry. <laughs> you're hungrier and tired. Like, what are you you don't know what do you you gotta focus. You know, there's an acronym. I don't even know who coined it, but focus means follow one course until success. Yep. So if you're doing everything all at once, you can't do anything well. Mm. And how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. So once I guess once I made a commitment to do that, I just became obsessed with it. I don't know if that's good, but that's what I, I did. guess it's good. I think it's. <laughs> I think the willingness and ability, like our ability to focus, our ability to penetrate time and space and freaking move mountains because of that focus, because of that intensity, because of that will right. is like what I feel what makes a human being, but also what makes the, and also what makes the human being experience is the ability to have fun, to play, to dance, to sing, to experience highs and lows and all these other beautiful aspects other than just on piercing time and space right like it's man it's, but wouldn't that be nice <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if we could skip the hard part oh yeah but well, it, I just wanna, it, can, you know can i just zip through this part right here it's, it's such a beautiful journey i, I love it so it i want to talk about today the season of you know financial wellness and literacy what do, where do we need to start with that what wasn't taught in high school and where where can we start building that foundation that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think it begins with awareness. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, um, you know, 
back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, when you live in certain circumstances, if everyone around you is living in the same circumstances, it's easy to get complacent and say, well, you know, this is just normal. But in the time in the, in the era that we live in now, it's impossible to not see someone who's doing better than you, mm. even if you're doing fairly well. So I think discontentment is kind of cancerous, mm. you know, if you're actually doing the things that you need to do. So that's discontentment, but that doesn't mean that you should be complacent. Mm. So just the nuances of, you know, hey, it's not okay for me to always have to pay cash for everything. Mm. Um, awareness says, hmm, they just went and got four new tires on their car. You still got me on there and saying my internet connection is unstable. Yep, we're good. Okay, looks like I'm good. Okay, so um, awareness says someone else just went and put four new tires on their car and didn't spend a dime. Mm. And awareness says, well, man, I don't have $50 to go and get a, another used tire put on my car and hope that, you know, whatever they patched up from someone else's doesn't blow out on me in the next week. Because that's what I did for 20 plus years of my adult life. I never bought a new tire. No. So to experience buying new tires, all four of them, you know, that's a life changing experience as small as it is. Mm-hmm. So it starts, the conversation starts with awareness. Yeah. And then there's so many layers from there. But if you just start thinking, man, there is a, I do have the potential to create, intentionally create a life that's better than this one. Because there is someone who can help me with the knowledge that I don't have. Mm. So that's where it starts. Mm. I, I love it. So with awareness, like what what do we want to be aware of? What What is important for us to focus our awareness on? Because we could say, hey, I want to be aware of my, my big toe. But that is not necessarily effective. Right. <laughs> but you say, I want to be aware right, right. of well, what... You got to start somewhere, right? Where we, where, right? <laughs> Big toe, step one. <laughs> so Yeah, so, yes. yeah, you, you want to start with, one, a budget. Okay. You would be surprised how many people I talk to and I say, well, do you have a budget? What's your budget look like? Mm. Like, well, what do you mean? And... That's not um, uncommon. Yeah. It's not uncommon. For years as a hairstylist, I was making, you know, pretty good money mm-hmm. um, for with this for this area, and I could not tell you a lot of weeks how much I made. Mm. So you know, <clears throat> the way that I like to teach is in a style where I'm not saying I know everything and you know nothing. Let me tell you what you did wrong. Let's let's look at us together. Let's look at where we went wrong mm-hmm. and then take things back to elementary school and say, OK, this is how much money I have coming in every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how much money I'm making daily, you know, as a self-employed person, put every bit of cash in the bank mm-hmm. so you can actually look at a bank statement and see how much money you made last month. You, you know, when you buy food. Use your debit card so you can actually look at real numbers, not just say, oh, my pocket feels a little light. I thought I had more than that. Mm. So being aware of what you got coming in and going out is a, is a beginning. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and actually having a plan as to when to pay your bills rather than just saying, oh, man, rent's due. I got like 15 bucks left and I'm broken, so payday. So let me just go get a payday loan. Mm. And then you just complicated life. So, you know, if we start off with a plan, yeah. you know, What's the old saying? You know, no one plans to fail. Well, wait a minute. When you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yep. You no, know, I've heard it said a lot of different ways. But if you got a plan, then at least you know if you're on track. And if you're on tra- if you're on track, then you know what you can do to kind of self correct. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's so powerful. The conversation of budget is like freaking gold. If if people aren't doing that, then that's like step number one. Um, right. I found that using percentages has really helped me and knowing like what percentages ideally would I like my where, where would I like my money to go and it can be really challenging because 
as an entrepreneur, our income also tends to fluctuate more right. than someone who's at a traditional nine to five. You got a nine to five, you know what your set income is and you're like, boom, I got these percentages. I got this much money. Like it's, it's easier to do it. And I use the excuse of entrepreneurship for many years saying like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know what my consistent income is going to be. So like, what's the use, you know, like I'll just, I'll do mm -hmm. my best. And um, oh, yeah. it's good intention, but like money, there was never enough money. There's always more, more month at the end of the uh, uh more what was it it's more month at the end it's too so much month at the end of the month yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you go into panic mode and you go man what can i put i can do a sale on something yep. <laughs> um, i ran a massage every business i go oh man i should do a gift certificate sale and then i wear myself out working out working off all the gift certificates or, or even even worse like i think people like can even get in over their head with mm -hmm. credit cards with debt with like things like that like the credit card and loan industry financing credit industry is like vicious you know like oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're they so like oh what what, what are you, you 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 broke you just need a credit card baby here you go <laughs> just use this you 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 didn't buy groceries yet just yeah go ahead and buy something you're gonna eat, eat and poop out you know what i mean <laughs> but you're gonna pay for it for another few years yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah yeah and so that, I think it's starting, yeah. starting with the budget, that's number one, awareness, and then your budget, how much money is coming in, how much money is coming out. What would you recommend to those people, to those, especially a lot of entrepreneurs who have variable income? Um, like, do you recommend that they are each, each month analyzing how much do they have? Like, how do you, how do you recommend around that? I would say analyze every week. I would say you want to have a particular time every week, whether it's Sunday after church, if you go to church or, you know, um, you know, maybe not right before bed because it could keep you up at night. That that <laughs> has happened to my girlfriend so many times. We we do our we do a weekly money date. Okay, so like yes. highly highly recommend for anyone who has who's a couple. Like if you're not sitting down with your oh, significant yeah. other and working on your finances, something is not right in your relationship. <laughs> like, and yeah, not if and if it's right now, it won't be for long. So. <laughs> So me and me and my girlfriend, we'd sit down on Sunday nights and like we get all the candles lit. We like make it more of a, a ritual, you know. It's like something that we that's celebrate awesome. that's important. We feel good going into it. Not like it was tough at first. She didn't like doing it, uh, but then like we we started like putting more great energy into it. And so at the after you know months and months and months, like she started saying, "Man, you know this feels good. It feels good to celebrate money." And uh, but in the beginning, like we'd have tough conversations and like. She didn't want to have them. I didn't want to have them. But we're like, we got to do this because, like, we got to we got to figure this stuff out. Put our heads together, create solutions, and you know, be on the same page. And right. um, it, she found That's it difficult so awesome. to sleep. But like after doing it multiple times, like finally we started getting better at being on the same page and having things flow more effectively. And like this year, we're like both crushing it, and, and it's it's awesome. So um, I, I totally totally agree with some kind of financial sitting down, looking at your numbers. I think even whether it's nine to five or entrepreneur, like, you know, if your money's going up and down, sit down and do it definitely at least once a week. Um, but yeah, even at like least once, nine, yeah. nine to five, like, cause it, it's so easy to overlook the things that happen. Oh, it's yeah. so easy for money to be debited or credited or interest payments or whatever the freaking heck it might be. It's like, <laughs> it's nefarious. It's like evil. <laughs> It's, not, it's like my brother says, man, I'm just going to be a monk, man. I'm I'm not going anywhere. You know, y'all bring me some food sometimes. Don't let me starve. I just don't. But, you know, like, really, that's why a lot of people become homeless. Yeah. Because they get burned out with yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, man, I quit. It's, you know? It's yeah, it's it's like I mean, depressing. You, it's soul stealing. Yeah. You feel so overwhelmed, so hopeless, so just I I am powerless. Disempowering yes. is like freaking the credit industry's goal. So okay, so number one, awareness. The second is get a budget. <laughs> what what would you say is the next thing? Uh, know what your credit score is. Ooh. Um, yeah, and that one kind of hurts a little bit for a lot of people because if you know your credit isn't all that great. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like the boogeyman, you know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the boogeyman or or Candyman. I don't know if you watched that movie Candyman. I couldn't watch it because I'm scary like that. But, <laughs> but like, if you get in the mirror and you turn off the light and you say Candyman, 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 Candyman is gonna jump out of the mirror and like kill you, right? Slice you open. <laughs> yeah. So like credit scores like that for a lot of people. I knew it was for me for a yeah. while. It's like. Yeah. 
you know, well, how's your credit? People just start sweating and having, you know, panic attacks and your hands get clammy. Like, well, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, uh, it was not, it's, it's not the worst, but I, well, it's not the best. And they go into this defensive mode. It's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> I'm not expecting you. You know, I'm not here to berate you or make you feel less than because you don't know, but your credit score is the most important number in your financial life. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what it is, you're going to have some problems because if you don't know what it is, that means you're not tracking it. Um, it's not where you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And just by default of life, something is going to happen that's, that may impact you negatively, even if you didn't do it. Yeah. Like you could be a victim of identity theft. You know, one of my clients, um, we found out that someone purchased a car in 2014 on his credit. We found it two weeks ago. So when we went in to look at his credit score, we couldn't even view it because he couldn't confirm what bank loaned the money for a car loan that he never took out. So imagine that. So now we've got to go through his driver's license is suspended. <laughs> Not suspended, it's expired. So we got to go and get him a new valid ID. It's not real sure where his social security card is. So now you got this whole gambit of stuff you got to do just to prove that you're you and then find out what your credit score is. But just because I'm not being aware, not thinking about it, you know, you shouldn't be finding out what your credit is like when you're going to apply for credit. No, no. And I think that's, that's the worst time to find out. That's also uh, a big challenge for a lot of people is they don't know how to check their credit effectively because mm -hmm. oftentimes we think of if we look at our even if we like open up the envelope we're going to get dinged right. we're going to get freaking right. points taken off someone's going to take our freaking identity whatever it might it might be you know like crazy right. crazy consequences just because we're not educated i mean nobody came to our neighborhood and say hey hey come here little girl listen let me tell you how you need to check your credit score <laughs> let, let me tell you the type of accounts you need to have let me tell you what you don't want to do. Like you don't, when you go to college, don't get those credit cards. That's not free money. Get them, but use them responsibly. So by the time you graduate college, you have a 750, 800, 825, 850 credit score, and you can go and get what you want. You know, um, it's, it's so many, I won't go into that on detail, but you need to know what your credit score is. Know what's on your credit report. Thank you. Um, Fran, no Fran, Fran in the audience said, thank you. Checking mine um, right now. 733. Thank you for the Ooh, You get it, girl. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But, and then you can walk into anywhere you're going to buy something with confidence. Yeah. And you can say, they say, okay, well, um, you know, well, we got this car. We like, no, let me tell you what I want. Mm. Mm. Completely different process. Not walk on to a buy here, pay here lot and say, what can I get? You know, and then you end up with a lemon and then you're mad at them and you don't understand it. If you, you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different, you know, you buy a car much differently. You call your bank and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying a car next week. What can you prove me for? Mm. It's okay. Well, you know, what's your income look like? What's your, you know, we'll run your score. And 15 seconds later, they tell you, hey, we approved you for $25,000. Go by the bank tomorrow, pick up the check and go and get what you want. Yeah, so that's that's you know? what that's what becomes possible when we have great oh, yeah. credit. Um, I want to talk about what makes the difference in our credit score. What what raises it up? What detracts from it? Right, right, awesome. Let me see. Let me see if I can find this file so I can follow along with myself. But I I won't get into all that. You got about five fact. There's five factors that make up your credit score. Um. I've been so scared of brain lately. Hopefully I won't forget any, any of them. Okay. Um, I might need to find it on this notebook here. One of the things that the biggest factors in your credit score is your payment history. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, they're all like the biggest snitches and tattletales in the world. Okay. I, I like to keep it comical because it, then implants into your brain and you like, yeah, a bunch of snitches. Oh, I know they're going to tell on me with this one. Well, yeah, they are. That's their job, right? So if you pay your bills properly, if you are on time with your payments, if you uh, have a great reputation for paying your bills on time, they're going to send a good letter home to your parents, which is TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Yeah. You know, they don't need you to carry it. It's going to get there. Yeah. Okay. There are some bills that you can pay perfectly and they don't even report until you screw them up, like your phone bill. 
your utility bills. That doesn't report, but how you pay um, your revolving accounts, like your uh, your credit cards, your installment accounts, like your car notes, um, you know, uh, like your retail accounts, like you got a Macy's card or something like that. How you pay those types of accounts gets on the fast track to get reported to Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. So they keep a running record of you for the last seven years. And, you know, they keep a track of who you ask for credit inquiries. So new credit, that's one of the smaller categories, but your payment history, your, um, your credit utilization, um, say you were approved for a hundred thousand dollars to, for whatever, um, you know, let's say $20,000 on a credit card. <clears throat> Anytime you use more than 30% of that 20,000, you know, I'm like, so that's what, six grand? I'm not a mathematician, but I think that's right. <laughs> so anytime your balance that you owe back on that card is more than 30%, it starts to impact your credit negatively. So you don't just have a blank check for $20,000 and say, hey, we'll let you use up to $20,000. How, how responsibly are you going to use it? Will you, you know, max it out, <clears throat> which looks like you're strapped for cash? Like, oh, you can use $20,000? You're like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> Use it all. So now they're like, hey, she broke over there. She burned that 20000 up. Now your payments are around 800 a month. So now you got a new mortgage to pay. So you go, oh, my God, I didn't know it was going to be this much. So you keep paying the bills that you used to pay, and you send in, you know, not even the minimum payment. So they like, yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. Hey, Spirit TransUnion, Equifax, she don't know what she's doing. You know, and they're going to put a put a smudge on your credit report. It's going to knock you down every time you miss a payment. The longer you keep that balance up 30 percent or more, ideally, you want to keep it, you know, really say between seven and seven and 10 percent, seven, 15 percent. You know, so it sounds really tricky. But once you get the idea that you don't want to use up a lot of your credit limit, you keep that credit utilization low. You're doing good. Um, they're going to look at a mix of your accounts. So they want to see if you can responsibly handle installment type accounts. Mm-hmm. Installment accounts are ones where when you get done paying it off, you can't borrow the money again. So like a car loan or you borrow money to buy a boat or something uh, versus your revolving accounts, which is like a line of credit or credit card. So you've been approved for up to this amount. You can use it, pay it down, use it, pay it down, use it, pay it down. That's a revolving account. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they want to see you do both of those. They're checking your, your usage or credit utilization on both. And then what really impacts your account is the age of your accounts. So uh, one of the common misconceptions is, hey, well, just pay off all your all your accounts and just close them. So now you got a credit card that you had since college, you know, and you pay, you finally get it paid down to a zero balance. You're like, just close it. I'm so sick and tired of looking at this bill every month. No, and you close no. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are literally people, oh gosh, Facebook is the best and it's the worst. Mm. People go, just pay off all your credit cards and close your account. You'll be fine. You just set that person up for the worst. So now their credit score drops significantly because of your poor advice. If you don't know, just say, I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? What's interesting is I, I've, I think Dave Ramsey is a popular uh, credit Love credit him. counselor. You know, and he says like cut up all your your credit cards so you don't freaking use them. I don't know if he says close your accounts, but um, right. I think cutting up is good. But if I don't know what he says about closing the accounts, but I think that's bad. You know, to like close close those accounts because then you don't have those accounts open. But it's having the discipline to use that seven to ten to maybe 15%. I think that's probably one of the most challenging habits to build if someone has Mm -hmm. high credit usage now. Right. So, I mean, one of the things that I've heard uh, years ago is take your credit card and put it in a, put it in a Ziploc bag full of water Mm. and you freeze it. Mm. So you got a little cooling off time yourself. If you think you're going to (laughs) go, You know, and you let it sit there and thaw out. And by the time you you let that thing thaw out, you think, do I really need this for this purchase? Mm. So that kind of helps to control that impulse to just go and spend frivolously. Like, you know, credit cards are good if you have a high balance and you have an emergency. Mm. It's better than not being able to take care of your business. But 
one of the ways you can use a credit card is to pay a bill that you already have the cash to pay. Mm. So you use that card. That's a good way to establish a positive payment history with a card that you don't really need. Mm. You know, you don't use it to go and buy food and diapers and stuff that you're going to throw away or, you know, flush away. (laughs) But, you know, you want to be using it responsibly so that you're using a credit card or an installment loan or whatever as a tool so that you can increase your credit score, not because it's free money. So I think it's looking at the ways that we look at credit cards. You know, people say, well, I don't have no credit cards. I'm good. No, you're not good if you don't have any credit cards. So because you're missing a key component in your credit score that could really boost your score. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting thing. Some people are like, no, I'm not even going to touch credit cards. I'm just going to use debit cards and cash. Okay, well, Mm -hmm. now you have no credit history. and (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, I mean, when... When was the first time you had a conversation like this? How old were you? You know? Man. Well, thank, thankfully, I, I think my they, they never taught me at this level, though. You know, they said they taught me about, like, saving. Here, we're going to pay you, you know, an allowance at 10, 11 years old, something like that. And, like, mm-hmm. go do chores, start saving money. It's like, okay. So I do consistent work. I get paid money. Good. Uh, and then, right. like, credit cards. I think I just... I probably told them I was going to go apply after I got a job. I think it was after I got a job. That's when That's I, good. you know, um, like doing a um, minimum wage job, started working, applied. And I think I just got multiple cards, like got in super quick. And I started spending it on partying and things like that, like <laughs> totally, totally unnecessary stuff. Because, you know, I, I was um, immature and my parents my parents' authority to me, and I think this might be the case for a lot of people, their authority was like, uh, like, screw you, screw you authority, screw you parents, screw you, anything, any wisdom, any kind of teaching you try to give to me at this point, I'm like Mm -hmm. rebellious, you know? And I think if, if the, um, teaching would have came at an earlier age, like, I don't care if it's seven years old, you know, start teaching it as early as you possibly can. As soon as someone is able to have the conversation, uh, and absolutely, and I think that's that's when it needs to happen. So when we're in our 18 years old, we've had years of experience of you know being um, a kind of loyal son or daughter and saying, right. you know, my parents are telling me to do this. Most parents don't know this, but you know they're telling me to do this, so I'm going to do mm-hmm. it. And then by the time we get to 18, 19, 20 years old, we're not in the phase of saying I have to go prove something with all my spending. It's like knowing, hey, I got. I got all this because I've worked at it. I've been consistent. That's right. And I'm going to keep investing my time and energy into this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, these kids these days are so sharp. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my three-year-old, he'll be four in a couple of weeks. I swear he came out knowing how to operate a tablet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he could operate a tablet. He had a full beard and tattoos and his own cell phone plan when he was born, okay? This guy has a whole character. But... I know that if I sit him down at seven or eight, he's going to get it. Mm. You know, you know, it's it's just like a foreign language. You can't expect a child to absorb uh, education that you don't present them with. And so I think it's, you know, it's important for us as parents <clears throat> to remember what it felt like as a teenager, mm. you know, and we talk about that in some of our workshops that are more like support group type stuff, um, you know, Definitely. Uh, I hope your viewers will check out my website. It's it's super like, you know, I'm technologically challenged with websites and I got a professional jumping on that. So some of the pictures are not lined up like it's supposed to be on the page, but the information is there. But we've got a bunch of initiatives going. But I think that you hit on something really important. When we lose that communication between the generations, so much wisdom and knowledge is lost. and you know, you can't recover that time when you, you know, when a child gets to 22, 23, 24, 25, they're their own person and they've been waiting for it since they were like 14. Yeah. So if we have those conversations where um, the children know my parents aren't perfect either. Mm. I'm not just telling you to do this because I can, but I'm telling you this because I care. Yeah. You know, most people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. So once we make that connection and communication becomes easier, then now we have at least a shot at 
plugging our kids into the knowledge and information they need to have from an early age so that they can intentionally engineer their lives the way they want to be, not just fall into situations and then try to claw their ways out of I think it's it's so essential right now. Critical, crucial needs to happen. Um, I want to talk about what makes your workshops different than other mm-hmm. financial workshops that might be out there. Okay, awesome. Um, I tell people all the time, I'm only an expert at dreadlocks, massage therapy, and connecting to other experts. Mm-hmm. That's my expertise. <laughs> um I'm phasing out of doing locks, uh, massage that's, you know, for people who want to pay a thousand dollars an hour and really deserving boyfriends. Um, I connect the experts every day, man. I'm just always blown away by the knowledge and expertise that other people have. So when I put together a workshop, it's an opportunity for each individual business owner, each individual entrepreneur who has their own experience, their own expertise and passion mm-hmm. to connect with other like-minded business owners, not to sit in a room and exchange business cards. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't work. Um, I'm not a fan of traditional networking um, organizations. I belong to a couple of them already before. And for me personally, they didn't work because um, and in my opinion, they didn't work because there wasn't enough emphasis on relationship. Mm. Um, with the chosen few, we know that results happen when relationships matter. Yeah. So, you know, just like the first conversation I had with you, I feel like we connected in a matter of about 45 seconds because we can be transparent. You know, um, no one broadcasts their failures. Mm. OK, so, you know. In the same right, how can you get the help you need if you're ashamed to take off your mask you know for the ladies if you're ashamed to take your girdle off no one knows you need to lose weight Mm. okay um you know if you walk around and you act macho all the time no one knows you're insecure Mm. um you know if i mean the 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 comparisons are endless so if we're more transparent um if we care less about seeming perfect And if we care more about the person, realize this person in front of us is a person. Leave the hangups about race, politics, religion, who someone loves. Leave that stuff on the shelf. I tell people with my my organization, if you can't leave that outside, you can stay out there with it. Mm. Don't come in here with it because you're not going to come in here stinking up the place, making people uncomfortable. You know, because this is a place of healing, education, empowerment, connection, authentic and genuine friendships. So now we come to learn about each other. I learned to know your children. Your children know my children. If I'm stuck at work, you can go and pick up my kid. And if you need some help, you you know, like a more of a, a tribal understanding yeah. of community. Yeah. So we build this nationwide business relationships community, not a network, but we build a business relationships community that allows people to be authentically who they are unapologetically so and sometimes you need the workshop sometimes the workshop needs you but usually it's both because there's no way it would be the same without the presence of every single person that's a part of it Mm, i love it i love it so would you would you say there's different focuses for each workshop or is it kind of the same mission for every single workshop you never see the same thing twice Uh, some of our workshops are um, health and well are health and wellness oriented. So uh, some of them are health is wealth is what they're called health is wealth workshops. So sometimes it's a lunch and learn environment mm-hmm. where you've got up to 20 people, 25 people max in the room that all get two uninterrupted minutes of introducing themselves. Why are you passionate about your business? Who is your ideal referral? Who can I connect you with? You know, so we go around the room, but before that, when we first get there, we got nice music playing. It's not sterile. It's not maybe not even professional by some people's standards. But I make strategic introductions between different business owners, different nonprofit uh, founders. So, hey, you guys do the same thing. You guys are like mine. And hey, you come over here and talk to them, too. So I was thinking we could do a workshop with you guys focusing on this or we can do a retreat somewhere like the beach or up in the mountains or a luxury mansion estate. And we can focus on this because having a getaway is mental health, you know? Um, So we do those introductions. We sit down, we break bread. Like we'll be meeting Sunday 
at five o'clock at the Red Rooster in Columbia, South Carolina, right near 20 in, in uh, Maine. So, you know, everyone will order their food. We have food come. Everybody's kind of mingling. You know, you sit close to someone that you know you can connect with. Um, then we go down a list of these are some of the initiatives that we're doing over the next several months. How do you see yourself involved? You know, what would you like to spearhead? How, you know, what does your organization do? What resources do they have that everyone here needs to know about? What special events do you have coming up? Do you have a sale on something? So now we're we're there to foster those relationships. And the next time we might be at a bowling alley mm-hmm. or the next time might be um, it might be a financial. Uh, it might be entrepreneurs empowered mm-hmm. for business owners who are already in business, who want to scale up, build business credit completely separate from their Social Security number. Or it might be um, an introduction to real estate investment group. So. We're all in here. We got great credit. Everybody's business is doing well. Let's get together and buy 100 acres and build a community there with some tiny houses on it for single parents and students and disabled veterans. If you can imagine it, we're doing it. Yeah. So, so we're, what would yeah. be the ideal person who would get in contact with you who would get to one of these events? Um, that could be a lot of people, but... Um, <laughs> We see a lot of veteran business owners. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. We, we see a lot of veteran business owners. Yeah. Are, are we still connected? Good. I'm still yeah. getting that little thing on my screen. Yeah. Uh, veteran business owners, business owners who um, maybe aren't that good with social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a fan of being online all the time. You want to connect in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, businesses that cater to other businesses, like work with branding and um, companies that provide benefits um, to the self-employed, um, if you're in the health and wellness industry, if you're in any type of financial oriented, uh, business, um, if you got a resort, if you got, I mean, it's so much, we've got so many different people, but we do have a membership group, um, a nationwide membership group for the chosen few where they can pay $25 a month. Mm -hmm. And that's really just a donation to our nonprofit Mm -hmm. and they become eligible for different benefits like, um, rewards that they can use at a bunch of different retail businesses and gyms. And um, every time they refer someone else to join the chosen few, they'll get a $10 referral reward. Mm. So we're just getting all of that stuff set in. Um, They'll be able to uh, access all the videos that we have archived in, in our, um, on our Patreon page. Mm -hmm. They can make a one-time donation. Uh, Today we're actually doing it, doing a fundraiser. So um, I tell all of the businesses and people that I've been in touch with, if you love me like you say you do, please go to <laughs> the Chosen Few Workshops, uh, the Chosen Few Workshops dot US. And, you know, it's still kind of rough because, like I said, I'm not technologically savvy as I would I would like to be. But they can go on and make a one time donation. Um, the larger the donation, the more I work for you for the next year and really blowing your business up, connecting you to your ideal referrals. And all that good stuff like that. Wow. I love it. I love it, Sandra. This is beautiful. <laughs> and let's tell people how they can stay connected with you. What's the website again? What are their next steps? Awesome. Chosenfewworkshops.us is the website. If you want to donate, there's a little um, how to become a patron button at the top. Uh, it's a big orange button. Okay. If they want to find me on Facebook, they can go to Facebook. Um, I do have a business page that is uh, the Chosen Few financial empowerment workshops. If they go to that, they can find that. Um, my personal page, I, I think I'm almost maxed out on friends, but they can certainly follow me. Um, everything on my page is public. I'm very transparent. I like to have fun. We work hard, we play hard. Mm-hmm. But that is uh, Facebook, um, facebook.com slash LoxLadySan, L-O-C-S-L-A-D-Y-S-A-N. Beautiful. Sandra, you are just on freaking fire girl i love it thank you man i appreciate that i I appreciate it i needed that today too you did you you got it you brought the heat and we had fran out there who's just like loving everything that you're sharing she asked what's your website so i put that in the comments as well and just like how you're showing up how you're connecting people i'm i'm just stoked to be on the journey with you to be growing to be serving impacting people together so i just i super super appreciate you it's been an honor to be on your show, man. I, I look up to you. I'm working on an internet TV show, getting that together. And it's, I'm like, I don't know how he does this. <laughs> but you're a true inspiration. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you, Cassandra. I appreciate it.
appreciate you. Have an amazing rest of your day, okay? Thanks, you too. Talk to you again soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>